Yes, hi, hey, hello, g'day and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. It's a triple winning pod this week as we review our last four games. We look ahead to our trip to MacArthur and of course we answer your questions. I'm Pete and I'm joined by Luke, Josh and Morrow. Lads, 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 happy new year. Happy new beers. Happy nude, happy nude beers. Happy nude beers. That's good. <laughs> Merry Christmas since last time we potted, is it? Oh, mate, I had way mm. too much Christmas pud. I had, I had a few comments before in the lead up to Christmas saying, oh, you've lost a fair bit of weight. You lost a fair bit of weight. I did lose about 15 kilos throughout the course of the last 12 months. Um, so it was a gradual thing. But I have put, oh, yeah, five, six of that easily back on over Christmas. Worth it. It was the prawn. I mean, isn't that what Christmas is for, though? I mean, 100%. You, you can't pick out at Christmas when Kenya. No, but the prawns were so good this year that, you know, combine that with the ham, which is mm. ham ever not good. And, you know, yeah. We yeah. went to, um, we, we got some prawns and, and that on Christmas Eve from a place called Molly's uh, Seafood in West Gosford. You wouldn't expect to find them out the back of the industrial area off Man's Road there, but holy heck, the freshest, best prawns I've ever had. And these things were huge as well. So um, highly recommend them as well if you're uh, looking after. That's a that's a free plug. I expect some free that's stuff from all these next time I go there. That's- How good? How good? <laughs> this, this show is in, in no way associated with Molly's Seafood yet. Yet. Watch this space. <laughs> I'm prepared. I'm prepared to listen to my own dribble again, just so I can hear that ad again, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas, uh, let's dive right into things as we always do. It is uh, the first point of order on the show. It is Fred's question. Uh, Fred this week asks, now that we have seen some decent back-to-back performances with the whole team working well together, what are still some of the things that you would like to see tidied up going forward? Ooh, that's that's a weird question that I... I would not have thought I would struggle to be answering at one point in time. <laughs> what do we what what do we need to get better at? I mean, we scored the most goals in the league. Our defense is looking pretty good. Our midfield's looking pretty good. Um I'm we're using I'm options open, to achieve that. Yeah, like I'm where... I'm open to I'm open to suggestions from the floor about <laughs> what we need to improve because um things are going pretty well at the moment, I think. I think we're still prone to maybe the the odd defensive laps, and we'll we'll come to it. But of course, we the last time we conceded was last year, so we're doing pretty well for twenty twenty three so far. Um, but um, you know, we we did concede that one against uh, Victory, where I think we were just a little bit too open. We didn't press um, Cadete coming forward at all, um, anywhere near enough, and and just allowed him to get his shot off. So just little examples like that. I mean, those are those are little moments in the game um, that you can tidy up on, but. It's hard to pick anything, really, other than other than that. Yeah, and I, I think the I think the goal we conceded against Melbourne City was also pretty, uh, pretty soft. Um, I think a bit of, bit of a, a uh, unfortunate one for Dan Hall. No, he would probably look back on that and wish he uh, could have done a bit better. But yeah, maybe you know, maybe maybe it's really just a few of those one-on-one things because that one was a bit of a one-on-one battle that we that we probably didn't win. Um, same with the same with the Cadete one. You know, you could say should Storm do better. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really sure. It was a pretty worldly of a goal. Um, but yeah, maybe just a few of those sort of one-on-one battles where we could do better. But I think, I think overall as a team, 
probably the best we've played in, what, eight years? Eight, mm. eight nine years? <laughs> it's been a while since we've put together um, some of the performances that we're currently doing. I was think it's four straight home wins for the first time in eight or so years. I think it was the stat as well. So home form is improving. Obviously, we've had, I think, double the home games and we have away games. So a bit of a tough period coming up with some away games. But it's good to see we picked up our home form and got the points that we needed to you know, sit pretty in second spot behind the oil money FC. So I'm happy <laughs> to be in second at the moment. It is it is individual um, details and 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 maybe a little bit of consistency because we have shown great versatility where you know we're still probably struggling to figure out exactly who our best central defensive pairing are. Um, we've had the idea of whether or not we would have Garang start or not that we're just starting to get past. We don't know what we're going to do about internationals necessarily in the future. There's a lot of sort of moving parts there that. Um, if we can get, you know, improve all the little details around that, then that's where we can, you know, you know, take ourselves from second to first, if you know what I mean, in the cop, um, if we are that team. But, um, but yeah, I'm looking at a team out there that looks like they're going to win every time they play the game because we attack constantly and, and that's our mentality. Um, and we appear to be a team that's had some bad luck. So for me, that, that those things, the details, like you said, a bit of consistency perhaps around the squad and um, a few less uh, goal, uh, balls in the net that I think are goals that get called out. I mean, we've scored the most goals in the league, as Luke mentioned, but how many goals have we had ruled out? So we honestly could have even more. Yeah, we've had the most uh, disallowed goals across the league. I think we're on six now with five of those uh, being uh, cum dog disallowed goals. So there you go. Mm. And, we've, and we've, we've scored 24, so we could be on 30 goals in only 10 games. <laughs> 11 games. Like that's, that's, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. You blokes would agree, though, that, that there were some of those that probably should have been called out. Um, oh, yeah. I'm happy with that as long oh, yeah. as they're all they're called out. Yeah. yeah, I'm happy as, as long as those same goals are called out when um, other teams experience hmm. them. But but not all of them should have been called out, for example. Um, we'll, we'll talk about it more perhaps, but Sammy Silvera shouldn't have been called out. No, um, Silvera shouldn't have been, and, and Mizzy's against the Jets the other week shouldn't have been. Exactly. So, or not the other week. I mean, it was all the way back in last year. So, But um, on the balance of things, so, you know, four out of six are probably correct there. Yeah, that's they're the ones I can think of mm. right now. Mm. But um, in any case, yeah, that's a that's a whole can of worms. That's a that's a whole episode itself. It's small margins though at the top, isn't it? And how quick can we, you know, move from um, the, the how we view our team in that respect too? Because I went to the game and felt that you know if we couldn't um, win this um, battle against Adelaide, then we had no right to think of ourselves as a top as above the top, certainly the top four. But we earned that right straight away and we did it in a way that now makes you wonder whether or not we can attend to those details and be closer to the team above us on the scoreboard at the moment. Who are a Isningley Ute Erday Oskay Ubulfei Oddcast Bay? Fellas, as we did say in the intro to the show, it is uh it is a triple winning pod this week. Triple winning pod, pod. um Let's cast our minds all the way back to the 21st of December, 2022. Uh, it was a replay uh, or the rescheduled F3 derby from round one. And uh, fellas, it was fairly well worth the wait. Yep. Absolutely. FTS. 
<laughs> we literally did that. <laughs> yeah, makes 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 the loss the weekend a bit beforehand uh, even more frustrating. One of those ones that you hope we don't have to look back on at the end of the season because the like I mean talk about you know two polar opposites uh, in performances. Um, yeah, that was I I call that one pretty uh, pretty pretty professional from uh, start to finish. You don't want to dwell on that previous match, but that previous match felt a bit like overhang for hangover or something like that from the World Cup. So I'm willing to accept that, especially based on how good we were in this game because you're right, Luke, so good to like, and there were some spectacular moments in this game. Two world-class goals. Two world-class goals. The introduction of, or or the the real introduction, I suppose, of of Marco Tullio in some ways. What an introduction. (laughs) Incredible goal. Yeah, and uh, and just you know, similar to Garang's effort to dis uh, dispossess uh, Ruan, was it against Western Sydney? Then uh, Jacob Farrell makes a great tackle there that um, pushes the ball into the path of Marco Tullio, so he can have that opportunity and be good enough to do it. Um, so special mention to him. Um, but yeah, then after that, the whole um, deadly one-two with Cummings for the Cummings goal. Yeah, he's looking like a super player now, Tullio. No look path, so hot. Oh. That goal was red hot. That, it, that's probably that's probably the best goal I've seen us score in since the grand final days. Easily. It was um, big, big Brian Caltac carrying that forward from centre back, wasn't it? Mm. I think so. Mm. Yeah. yeah, things you love to see: marauding forward runs from centre backs. Oh, and the finish, you know, just you know, and the pictures of the Camdingo afterwards. He was loving that moment. That was a great yeah. moment. Everything about it was perfect. Everything about it, and what a what if a, a top nice. European club. Scored that goal, that'd be on the highlight reels for the rest of the season. Such a good goal. And there was a bit of talk about the Angelo goal um, in the aftermath of it. But um, yeah, it's uh, to me, this has been coming from Tulio, this kind mm. of performance. So it was really gratifying to see it happen, especially in the derby. And watching him play, if you're going to play in our derbies, then you've got to you know, work hard. And he looks like that player too. So loving him being here. We do unfortunately have to move on to the following game uh, just post-Christmas there, City away. The sauna at Amy Park. Now, you were there, how, how How hot was it? It was unbearable. It's the hottest game I've ever been to. And I was in the shade in the stands, and I don't know how the players played in that. I I think we all probably agree the game probably should have been called off. There's no chance it should have gone ahead. I mean, when if, if, you, have to have, if you have to have drinks breaks every 15 minutes... There's yeah. no way the game should be going ahead. And, um, you know, a lot of the boys were, were incredibly unwell after the game. There was a combination of a couple of factors there, the heat, um, but also a bit of a, a bit of a stomach bug that's, that ran through the squad in the lead up to it, hence Nizzy's late withdrawal. But the average weight loss from the combination of the heat and the stomach bug that went through the squad was about three kilos or 3.2 kilos. Um, some players lost over four, four and a half kilos after, after I need game. that stomach bug after uh, Christmas. <laughs> and it's a great way to stay in shape, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this yeah. game was ruined by the heat wasn't it and the questions really are should it have ever been played in that conditions when you've got to stop every 15 minutes for a drinks break then it starts to get to the ridiculous surely and um my only other one was about um should tom glover have played mm. is that risque for me to say yeah. that i, no, I think play I'm on, risk- play on. Yeah, well, I think that, was, here's that the thing. Was, a, that was a talking point before the game for sure. Is yeah, you know, yeah. Look, absolutely, and he was ab- absolutely nothing um, about 
um, Tom Gliver throwing the flare into the crowd has anything to do with any of the other stuff that happened on that day. And, and those two things are completely separate. And all of those people who did those things should be punished, including Tom Gliver, in my opinion. The, the players know that this isn't something that is going to be a good thing to do. And uh, so I think that the opportunity was missed to make the right statement there. Um, we'll not just not just the flare side of things, but um, but the uh, the concussion as well. I'm not sure how he was cleared that quickly when he's had to go to hospital um, after after a concussion there. So surely you know that's a, it's a couple of weeks out. But yeah, all right, see you Odd league, indeed. baby. Odd indeed, and uh, like and you he said, just came up with a pretty FC. he came up with a pretty key save on our big chance of the game too on that Bruce being put through. So. Unfortunate for us to drop that game, but we moved we moved on pretty quick and got a couple wins under the. Well, we had to move on quickly, of course. It was a four day turnaround. Uh, New Year's Eve back in Gossie after uh, after a couple of years away and a couple of postponements and everything like that. Had a shit couple of years, but uh, it's the first time we've actually beaten victory on New Year's Eve as well. A two one victory, all thanks to Jason Cummings, who (laughs) could have had a couple more as well. Aren't they a shit heap at the moment, victory? Bottom Just of the table. Mm. Rubbish. <laughs> Last. Oh, no. Anyway. Yeah, they are. They are just, it's all things not going well down there. But, yeah, again, very good, very good um, performance by us. Um, good to see over 10K there for, when was the last time we had over 10,000 at a game? Last game of last season when we had the mates through the gates promotion, there was uh, just a touch over 12,000, I think, off the top of my head. Um, but prior to that, the year, yeah, the before, year before in the, the final, final. Yeah, 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 against But McCarthy, nothing true. nothing close to that any other time for a long time, I don't think. We've mm. had one game mm. a year that has been good. Mm. And this was, this was, you know, I think it was a just reward to, to the boys. Um, and, we finally and, performed on a big occasion. I know. I was so I was so yes. nervous leading into it. I was like, "We're going to get 10k yeah, plus. Yeah. We're playing the Vuck. We've yeah. never beaten him on New Year's. Um, everything was lining up for it to be such a big night that that ended in in disappointment. But um, fuck, it was everything about it was great. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Except yep. for Cadet, who scared the crap out of us, and possibly um, there were a few concerned people in Bay 16 because if that got through the net, there would have been injuries. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, what a rocket, though, didn't he hit that? <laughs> like watching it in real time, I'm like, look, look at it. he's been beaten at his near post again, but you, you're not stopping that. That's traveling, that's moving, that's swerving everywhere. It's, yeah. yeah. It was a swerve. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I think blaming Vuka for that one is a bit harsh. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, the first time when I saw it, you know, I've been pretty critical of him so far this season. I thought, what is he doing? Uh, but watching the replay, I don't think anyone, I don't think anyone would have stopped that. I think the ball probably started about two feet outside the bloody uh, goalpost when he hit it. It was just, it was just one of them ones that it was that was the exact spot that if he was going to score from that angle and from that position, it went exactly where it had to go. What a ball though um, from Storm Root to um, about to put- say that. For the, the first, in for the first yeah, goal. for the first goal, and he's he's taking it well there, just slutting around at the back post, uh, and <laughs> no one's picked him up. He's got in between a couple of defenders there. Perfect, perfect ball from Storm's weaker foot as well, and uh, just measured to perfection. And uh, Cummings makes no mistake from there. Storm was my man in the match for this game, um, and one that you know I'm more than happy to eat some humble pie on for that one because. 
I wasn't too sure when we re-signed him. Um, you know, we we obviously signed him from a spoon team, but I guess goes to show when you give a player some confidence or they get back in a, into an environment that they're, you know, nice and comfortable in, uh, how they can actually perform. And, and, you know, I thought when we signed Aquilina that he would be our starting right back, you know, pretty much no matter what. And that that obviously hasn't sort of worked out, but Storm's been fantastic. And, you know, he, he was the one that, um, he was the one that came up with the block in the first 30 seconds or so, I think it was. Um, and then he puts in that sort of a cross and then he had some other really good moments too defensively. And, yeah, he's he's been one of our, I'd say, uh, our surprise packet, maybe outside of Brian Kaltak, you know, for me. Um, yeah. Sufficiently, really, really good. He's been sufficiently good that when I went, when I rocked into my seat at the last game against Adelaide and he wasn't in the starting lineup, then I was looking at my brother and going, well, what? Yeah. Yeah, I was annoyed. I was, yeah. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> I was a bit triggered by that because because the, the previous game was super. Um, notwithstanding that Kadede moment, which was mostly Kadede, really. Um, but yeah, Caltech, yeah, you touched on him. Had an assist in this, I think, for the dingo. and For the second goal, yep. Have I already eaten the pie? Because uh, I think I was going to uh, say we're going to need some more pie, mate. Yeah, I'm with uh, you as well. <laughs> we do love a good serve of it's steaming a, hot humble pie on the show. Yeah. Humble pie oh, all around. around. You know it's what? Not like, I'm, um, I'm probably going to need the biggest slice of it at the moment. <laughs> I don't think that I, I don't think I've given it to, given too much beef to um, Brian Caltech, but I've definitely thought that our best pairing was going to be Nectar and Dan, and I think I'm wrong. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately for Dan, he's made a few mistakes, and you know we love Dan. We love Dan here. I, I love him to bits. Every time I see him, I always say hi. He always says hi. He's the nicest guy going around. Very good footballer, but unfortunately for him, he has made a couple of mistakes. He, he was probably at fault for the one in the city game. Then he gave away one of the penalties in the city game. Um, and you know, even even when you go back to the cup game against. Um, you know, Sydney getting himself red carded. There's a there's a few things there so far in the last sort of couple of months where he's he's unfortunately put himself in a position where he finds himself out of the team. And I, I think at the moment, you know, Nectar and Caltac is our best option at uh, centre back. And I think I'm like yeah, and I I I don't think I overly bagged out Caltac too much. I I was I was I was pretty happy with what I saw in preseason, mainly in that. Um, in the game at the stadium where him and Kalechi were in centre-back against uh, Melbourne City. And I thought they were really, really good. But then the season started and, and then, you know, like everyone, I think uh, saw a few polls in uh, what sort of Caltech was doing. But every game got better, got better, got better. And, you know, he's probably one of, if not the best centre-back in the league at the moment. I don't know. I'd, I'd go as far as to say that. I mean, he's, 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 he's third in the uh, in the Johnny Warren medal standings. Um, I'm going to put my hand up. I'll, I'll say I was critical um, of uh, and and question. And I think you were fair to be too. It's not. It's not. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't fair. Well, there were mistakes early yeah. on in the season, so there was that yeah. you know um, edginess there that was a bit of a concern. So that's why I was picking Dan and Nectar. Mm. But you're right, Luke. That there have been a couple of mistakes from Dan. Uncharacteristic mistakes. So, mm. um, so I think it's a great thing that Monty is able to rotate the team and um, uh, try and extract that extra effort that we might get from Dan now. 
Mm, yeah, and I'm I'm more than happy to be proven wrong. <laughs> um, you know, Brian's improved out of sight since um since you know I first saw him in preseason and and since uh, since round one or round two when he uh, when he made his professional debut there as well, um and that that partnership with uh, with Nectar and even with Dan. Um, you know, I'll I'll give Dan a pass for that Melbourne City game where he did make a couple of mistakes. Admittedly, he was also one of the worst hit by that bug that went through the squad. Um, so he was probably playing at about 50%, if that, that day. We all know how good he can be. And, you know, as, as official co-presidents of the official Dan Hall fan club, um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure we're all backing him to get back to his best. But we'll see plenty of rotation across that back line. I, don't, I think the only lock that you have in that back line, um, well, two of them really, Faz and, and Caltech, you've got that left side sorted out. And it's, it's anyone's between Storm and, and Tommy Aquilina and even Sash Kazevsky for the right back spot and, uh, and Nectarine Dan for the centre back spot there. And Storm yeah. a bit for the left back, <laughs> to be honest. He's played there a little bit as well. So that versatility, we're not losing anything when that happens. So Aquilina comes into this game and he played well in this game yeah. against Adelaide. Um, turned out to be easier after half time. <laughs> 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 but, but still, he played well. So, so players are taking their opportunity, and it is nice to see how much versatility we do have there, and how well Monty seems to be using it at the moment. Mm. Yeah, and and also the good thing for Dan too is that now he's also showed that he can also go into midfield when needed. Um, him and Nectar have sort of you know proven to be nice and handy to slot in when needed, or you know if, if we have to go to a five at the back or something if we're you know trying to hold a lead. There's more than enough sort of rotations there that um, basically everyone's getting a turn everywhere. And we have seen that this season as well. We did go to five at the back to to preserve a lead where we had Nectar, Dan Hall and, and Brian Caltech all playing as centre-backs and then uh, uh, Faz on the left and I think it might have been Storm on the right. So, mm. you know, um, plan, plan B. Plan B? Thought. Jeez. Plan B? Plan D? <laughs> yeah, and how good is it having um, defensive depth? Yeah, and I think it's um, appropriate to mention because maybe some questions will come about it, I don't know, but um, Booker's has been much improved, in my opinion, over these last few games. And uh, so I'm not surprised to see him come out of his sort of, you know, maybe a little rusty start to the season, but he showed some great form, I think, in the last couple of matches. So that steady rise, it's happening across a number of players, Tulio, Kaltak, Vuka. Um, even Faz is, has shown a bit of improvement, especially recently, I think. So, yeah, it's all over the park. Love yeah, it. Bit of, bit of time away and a uh, bit of time uh, with, with John Crawley at the World Cup, of course, has probably done Book of the World of Good there. Um, getting past, you know, all the all the, the some of the negative reactions and the shit that came out after the Socceroos World Cup announcement um, has, has probably helped him as well. It was a bit rough in the first game back, but we all were, Every every everyone in the squad was um, in that uh, Newcastle game, but we built on it. And as you say, the improvement's gone through the whole squad. So... Brilliant to see, and it has all culminated in our most recent result. Jesus, guys, I said we were ruthless against Western Sydney in that 3-0 victory a few months ago, but uh, this was taking things to the next level. Your Mariners 4, Adelaide, nil. Some really good finishing by the Reds here. This was funny. At the start of the game, <laughs> everyone in the sports production box, we, we we all, you know, give our score predictions and things like that. Um, and I, I, you know, had a feeling I, I thought it was going to be two all. I didn't think we were going to get it done. Um, and, you know, I guess technically, you know, they've scored two and we've scored two in this one. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a weird game in that sense. But overall, I think pressure creates goals no matter how they go in. 
And um, that's that's what I'm liking about us up to this point is that for the majority of you know the time, our, our pressure and our intensity is um, really sudden to create some havoc for some of these other teams. And yeah, it was this this one was yeah sort of pretty ruthless from um, start to finish. And good to see uh, my boy Benny on the score sheet again um, with a cracking finish from about half a yard out, probably the hardest one of the day. He was, but um, the the man of the match, of course, was Sammy Silvera, who mm. um, personally I want to dispute. Actually, Pete, I, I love to dispute things. Of course, you guys know, but I want to dispute that scoreline because it was seriously five nil. I don't care what idiots from whoever else recorded as the result. Sammy, five nil, five it was, right? Because there's no way the, <laughs> the ruse has actually had any impact on that goalkeeper. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll not hear it. No chance. None. Zero. Zilch. Go away. So I, I felt devoured for the poor guy because he forced that first goal, arguably, or at least he had a good part in forcing it with whoever was in the box trying to get it from his from his shot or, or whatever it was. He done most of the work for Benny for the second one. He done most of the work for Fads for another one. Um, and didn't get the one that he should have got. So what a night for Sammy. And, and speaking of, is that pie? Is there any of that pie left? Because if, there, if we haven't eaten all the pie on Sammy, then we must eat massive amounts of pie. Yeah. Because I'll he, eat a few slices of that one as well, I think. <laughs> yeah. You'll see he's absolutely insanely good. And uh, that in this game, he was just the dominant force. So I felt for him that he didn't get his reward in the end. Mm. I'll yep. take Vuka and Silvera as my three pieces of humble pie. I don't think Sammy's ever played a better <laughs> game than he did on the weekend. He was great. And yeah, Adelaide just... Adelaide were very poor and we, you know, we dominated them, which was very nice to see us beat a rival. So top six rival handled it pretty easily in the end. So yeah, I agree with Aaron. Should have been five. Not sure why the VAR chalked that one off. It wouldn't be a Mariners uh, Mariners win without some uh, some varsical decisions. It was the same in in the New Year's game as well. Obviously, Cum Dog had one chalked off, probably rightly so. Um, but also the uh, the pen, um, which then wasn't a pen, and uh, and now the uh, the disallowed goal at the weekend as well for Silvera, which is just an absolute stitch up and a half. That's and I three. feel like we should have also had a penalty in this game. Yes, why yeah, we, yeah. Why I thought the, that was a, why, yeah the Faz. Yeah. Why was the Faz one? Not a penalty. Apparently, contact was too soft. Oh, <laughs> 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 Fucking game's gone. The, re- the ref has game, a softness. The ref has a softness gone. meter. <laughs> a, softer, <laughs> a softer meter. <laughs> All these like VAR decisions that have gone against us, and we're still second. You know, yep. that's that shows the uh, shows good signs for sure. And then you know they obviously want McLaren to win the Golden Boot so hard because what Cumberland would be <laughs> right. right there with him if he didn't have so many goals disallowed. I mean, it's good for my fantasy team, but um, but also <laughs> me too. <Jesus>. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know that the officiating is bad when a team wins four, sorry, five nil, and as they're going off, the crowd is abusing. <laughs> 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 Oh, we're so privileged now. We're so privileged. Apparently, apparently yeah. we are. How the podcast has changed. Wow. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah the, the Coast podcast of positivity these days. Pretty major flashpoint at the uh, – pretty quickly, right at the start of the second half in this one, of course. Don't know what Carl Viet said to him at, um, at halftime, but uh, it's, a, it's the, uh, the attempted murder, as he put it, Luke, of, of Jacob Farrell. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> 
I don't, I don't even know where to start. I don't know where to start. And look, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not SIS's biggest uh, fan in the first place. Um, I'll, I'll give him give him some benefit of the doubt that he didn't mean to do whatever the hell he was trying to do, but whatever he was trying to do, he got horrifically wrong. <laughs> and I, I don't know how you managed to studs up somebody in the back of both calves at the same time with both feet off the ground. It's, it's dead set one of the worst challenges I have seen probably, or I would say probably since the musket on the Adrian's arm. Yeah. Like that's, it's, it's almost up there with that sort of level. Luckily didn't result in any injury to Faz and, you know, Faz being, you know, sort of who he is, is on the ground somehow with both legs still intact saying to SAS, yeah, no worries, mate. It's all good. But he's, he's just, he's, he, yeah, he bloody cracks me up, Faz. But um, <laughs> well-deserved uh, three-week stint on the sidelines and probably lucky that it's not four or five, if you ask me, considering it's his um, second red in four games, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Second, um, second, second so, red this season and he's had three yellows yeah. as well. Um, but yeah. I, um, I, I've also just, heard that it was, it was three exactly. games plus two suspended. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because I heard elsewhere that it was five games. I haven't seen the press release, so I've heard a couple of different things. But yeah, right, yeah, but yeah, th- three just, weeks I think is is definitely deserved. Yeah, I think that's right, insane. and I think you're right, Luke. The, the only thing I can say say about it is that same thing: that how on earth do you come in contact with both both sets of studs on both calves? That if you can do that, then you should be in the shed. I mean, it's um, kind of impressive way. in some ways. It, as a, it, it's, <laughs> it's honestly almost impressive. Yeah, as a as a, as a as a as a former um, defender myself uh, in a, in a past, it's life. impressively dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe Carl Viet was involved though, because um, and mostly perhaps due to my fantasy team. Then I was watching one day who was attempting murder on oh. a number of occasions during both halves. He should have gone Aquilina already one. on Farrell, yeah. or was it? Oh, Aquilina. Yeah, it was Aquilina. Aquilina. Yeah. That then led after to the that. Goal. After that, he took a chainsaw to a couple of other people on a couple of occasions and somehow I think, actually, was it Steely who ended up getting a yellow card instead of him somehow? Anyway, um, mm. one day. Uh, was, I'm not a big fan of one day either. I don't know what it is with their two Spanish guys and why they, mm. why they are the way that they are, but they're very much two sets of whingers and they're both pretty grubby the majority of the time. Yep. Yes, well, one day he was out there, lucky not to get sent himself. So, he should have, he should yeah. have been sent, and it was one of the one of the first things that uh, one of the lads that I caught up with from from the Mariners squad um, earlier uh, said was uh, one day is an absolute fucking grub, uh, yeah. without being prompted or questioned on it. So um, yeah, I mean that says something. <laughs> yeah, and I, I I will say on top of uh, Sam Silvera's very good performance on the ball, uh, he was the first. Man in after both um, challenges. Yeah. To, uh, oh, so was it semi maybe? Yeah. Because there was a push and shove, and did he end up with a yellow card out of it? Probably. It was poorly he, handled. He came in after the one day one on Aquilina and got in one day's face, and that really made one day not very, not very happy. Even less happy. Mm. I I'm, I can only assume Silvera was saying something in Spanish that wasn't very friendly. <laughs> Some sort of Spanish and or Portuguese mix. Yeah, well there is a there is a there is a pretty common word that um that that um 
crosses both languages there. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was a definite red card and, and Nash there. So I'm, I hadn't heard about the three weeks because um, it's been a busy Christmas period, but yeah, glad to. Too busy to check group chat, apparently. Yeah, there you go. Um, (laughs) Where we originally discussed this. Um, No! (laughs) (laughs) I think that's my group chat on mute. It's almost a a kickable offence. Hey, I do not have it. Hey, have you guys not noticed that I eventually scroll down and I interact? Yeah. Usually about three weeks late. Yeah, I was about to say after about three weeks, <laughs> I get a notification. Aaron Morrow reacted heart to your message, and I'll click on it. And it takes me Two back days to ago. <laughs> November twenty twenty one. That's just just to make sure you know I'm spying on you. That's all. <laughs> it's good to know you care. Yeah, no, it's great to know you care. I don't know how you got the time to go through the literally thousands of messages of utter shit that we talk, but yeah, no, good, no, good it's, for you. It's quite difficult, yes, but. <laughs> But there are times when I'm not totally busy, so I did manage to do that. So, but yes, yeah, sorry, <laughs> caught out there, burner. Uh, oh, very good. It was um, well. I mean, essentially, sort of twelve minutes of absolute madness, absolute, absolute chaos to kick off the second half. Because no sooner uh, was Isais sent from the field that Benny and Kololo doubled our advantage uh, with a falcon. Kind of reminded me of the 7-2. Was it like four goals in 12 minutes or whatever in both games? So it was just an avalanche of goals. And it felt like every time we were going forward, we were putting the ball in the back of the net. And it was, you know, some good scenes in base 16. A lot of uh, a lot of kids in there again, which was good. And, yeah, before you could even blink almost, it was 4-0 and we were celebrating hard. Yeah. And, you know, we were very good this game, but I think it's also important to note that they were absolutely rubbish. They were not. They were not at the races at all, and they didn't know, look interested. Out. Yeah, no, but, but would you no. say would you say that the first half was a decent battle? I, I said to my brother at halftime, "We got a decent game in our hands here um, because you know we're good enough for this." But Adelaide are not terrible. But then from the minute the whistle went in the second half, everything just went avalanche against Adelaide. So I felt like we had a game on our hands, and mm. in a way, it was they almost never really sport. threatened us. Though, did they even really going forward in the first half? I think not really. I think no. they had- did they have no no shots on target in the first half? Or I think it was almost no shots on target type about the 60th minute or something. It was it was pretty one sided in that sense. Um, but they had a couple yeah, of yeah. moments, yeah. but but first yeah. half mm. felt like a competitive competitive fixture. But then in the second half, then they literally left. I think yeah, first, no, but- first first half there was about a ten minute period where they where I felt like they started really getting on top of us and dominating. But you know, for the most part, um, and and this is something that you know has been really crucial since the uh, the three 0 win over over Newcastle um, all those weeks ago. We were closing down the passing lanes. We made them look poor as poor as they were. I think for a lot of um, for a lot of the game there, um, Halloran and and Goodwin were both completely unsighted. Um, for pretty much the entire 90 minutes for me. Um, we didn't give them a sniff. We didn't let them get to the races. So I think um, why I go a big back part to of post, post-World Cup Blues because, hmm. because we have been doing that in every game since then, except for the hot game where no, neither team could really do it well. Yeah. Um, but, but we have placed so much pressure on teams that, that we have just, you know, ripped them apart. And that night we were just, like the others, we were just sheep wandering around. So just felt like something different that night. So feel confident now. 
Yeah, and I, I think probably got to give a big shout out to um shout out to Harry Steele, who I, I think's stepped up massively without Max Ballard in the team after after his injury. And you know, I don't think Maxi gets back in the team even when he's back to full fitness. Um, I think the Steele and Nisbet combination has been working really, really well, and Steele defensively has been basically doing all the dirty work. And has allowed Niz to to sort of get more involved going forward too, and I think I think that sort of combination um, in the midfield there is really starting to come good. Um, and yeah, sort of like you said, Pete, I think you know our pressure defensively off the ball didn't allow Adelaide to get into it, and I think that was that was the big thing in the in the first Newcastle game when it looked like. F- for whatever reason, Niz and Ballard just we were trying to press and Newcastle were just playing straight through us. So whether it was just a structural thing on the day or something, I don't know. But we 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 haven't really seen any of that since Steele has sort of come into the team. So um yeah, I think that midfield combination is is starting to go really, really well. And I'm super happy for Harry because when he first made his debut, I think it was it last season, I want to say away to the Jets, maybe first game of the season, he you know, sort of come on last um, 15 or 20 minutes and was really, really good. And from what we saw in the academy, um, you know, sort of knew sort of he was another one off, off the uh, production line and also a local, um, but going really, really well at the moment. So I think he deserves a big uh, shout out because I think our midfield in the last sort of month has been really, really good since he's sort of come in. Yeah, incredible work rate, incredible, absolute machine, um, this kid. And um, his work off the ball, as you say, uh, he's a grafter. Uh, he, he does not stop. He's an absolute terrier and um, such a such a dis- disruptor to oppositions as well. Doesn't al- allow them to get into sort of any flow or rhythm. And um, I think you said it as well, you know, it frees knees up um, to, um, to, you know, pull a few more strings. Yeah, you know, I think I think Niz at the start of the season probably wasn't at his best yet after coming back from the injury. Um, but obviously, I think we've seen in the last sort of couple of games when he gets involved more going forward. There was there was one part in this game in the first half. There was a turn that he did, and he basically cut out two Adelaide plays with one flick of the ball, and that's almost led straight to a straight to a scoring chance. And that's that's where we need to get him involved more. If, if we're going to play in this sort of a uh, formation, you know, and a shape where we don't really have a number 10 in the moments when we can utilize him almost in that way. Um, it's very, very handy. And, and do you think that um, Sterling has kept um, Maxi out in this last game? I suspect that he probably did. Um, I think because, he did. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was probably warranted too. And, and, and same as in the back pairing, then this is a fantastic thing that we can change and, and we don't, we get better. Good headaches to have, of course. Um, just going back to your comment about not really having a number 10, um, what what has impressed me up top, and it's, it has been a recurring theme throughout the course of the season, is the rotation of that front four. Um, you know, when you've got Benny, Sammy, uh, Jason and, uh, and Marco Tullio, who are all rotating throughout the, the final third of the field. Jason's dropping deep, but also getting forward and creating chances. Tullio's doing the same thing as well. And it was that sort of movement there that, um, that created the third goal. Uh, another Oggy for Mandania. Oh, I, I felt bad for him. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how much we can rely on the uh, FOP mob ratings, but I'm going to do 
I'm going to do it anyway. I think it was a, a four point four point five or something. It was not good. And he's only 18, and this is going to be harsh, but probably one of the worst performances I've seen from a player <laughs> uh, that we've been up against at Central Coast Stadium or industry group now. Um, but <laughs> very, very bad performance and, and yeah, not good. I feel I really feel for him because he had a very good impressive, very impressive starting debut the week before. I thought he was great, yeah. um, but the kid, uh, as you say, he's only eighteen. He's out of the uh, the NPL system down there, um, and he's actually he's not a right back. He's a winger. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't know why I don't I don't know why Calvi thought that plan was going to work. It was odd. Yeah, yeah, it's not not great, and yeah, as as you say, yeah, I think the FOP mob ratings probably reasonably accurate he had a torrid time even looking at the google ratings at the moment he got two stars yeah and i think the uh i think the lowest ratings on the fault mob for us was probably i think it was the cum dog and that was that was the weird thing about this game it almost felt like he didn't even touch the ball and mm. you know that's almost a good thing you know when you when you look at the result and the fact that we still got that result and you know he wasn't really involved and like you said pete we've seen him sort of drop deep almost a halfway a lot of the time to um, sometimes drop and pick up the ball. And it just sort of creates a bit of a, you know, disruption for the other team because then it overloads, you know, the midfield for a few seconds and gives us that sort of extra number when we try and move forward hmm. and it's working really well. So that, yeah, that our, you know, our front four on their day is probably almost up there with the best, I'd say, outside and of that's uh, what CFC. That's what was sad for that kid because Tulio really burned him there. Like um, he's mm. superbly got him behind there and is right on the byline and puts him under about as much pressure as you can place a, a defender in in front of the goal like that. So, yeah, poor performance. But, um, yeah, we that front four, those rotations, we just are not losing anything as those players move around the um, different, you know, front forward spaces. So, and and it beckons the question about how we're going in the post Garang era, which is one game old. Um, oh, because... oh, that was, I was literally about to say that. Yeah. But I'll let Pete talk about the last couple of um, uh, good parts to that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we didn't have to wait long for the next bit, did we? Uh, Jacob no. Zuzki, uh bursting forward and a little Dinkovich uh, over the on-rushing keeper. Roberto Farrell. <laughs> Roberto Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. Faz, um, Faz, he uh, polarised opinion, I think, in this game. I thought he had a fantastic performance, but, geez, his crossing uh, left a little bit to be desired. Defensively, though, um, he was sensational and um, yeah. yeah, got forward, got a, got the goal that his performance deserved. I think everybody's uh, crossing was maybe up for, up for debate. Even Silvera, as good as he was, mm. He got in a few positions and some of the crossing was not good. But um, so actually going back to uh, Fred's question, if we're going to work on one area, <laughs> let's work on the crossing. <laughs> um, now that now that we're speaking about it. Um, but yeah, I think I think Faz was really good. I think it's it's good now that he's starting to back himself going forward and you can see what he can do. Um, you know, there's there's not much of him, but it works. Whatever he's doing at the moment is working. It works both defensively and going forward. He's getting in really good positions, making runs, playing all these nice little one-twos. Um, good to see that he's starting to get some confidence. 
Agree. And uh, this goal involved him and Sammy and uh, to have the confidence to just run that overlap and be in that right spot like that. That's how you get that goal. So I thought, he stole, it from, uh, I thought he stole it from the cum dog for a second, but maybe Faz was <laughs> well, in a better, better position. I don't know. Does does that kind of uh, move remind anyone else of um, uh, a certain Rosie flying down on the outside there and putting those ones over? <laughs> yeah. The finish wasn't quite the Rosie style, but um, that was the position for sure and the style. Fair comparison, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can see that. And there was another goal, but oh, probably Pete probably won't talk about it. Oh no, let's talk about it because it's an absolute <laughs> vast. Um, <laughs> fucking Silvera. Had a hand in all four goals on the night. He scores one himself and just boggles the mind that this one was disallowed. Yep. I'm still trying to I'm I'm still trying to wrap my head around what rationale they were using to determine that he was in the way. And there there was zero appeals um, you know, from Gauchi, from any of the Adelaide players. And, you know, that obviously shouldn't impact the outcome if the outcome is Right, but it's not right. There, there's, there's no way he was impacting what had happened there. He's making Rational. a run in the Rational. complete opposite direction. And and at the time when Silvera hits it on one of the initial replays that they show from above, he's not even standing really in front of Silvera. And I'm still I'm still trying to work out what angles they were looking at because because on the replay on the TV, they showed a few of the replays that were good angles to look at, but then they kept on showing the replay from behind the goals on the glorified GoPro. And I'm trying to work out if that's what VAR was actually looking at the entire time or not, because that was very deceptive of the actual angles. Mm-hmm. VAR just, had had access yeah. to the same um, same angles as, as broadcast, um, but it looks like it, it looks like they've made the decision based off that GoPro footage, and um, yeah. you know, on, on an angle, shitty, grainy footage with a goal net in the way. Um, yeah, righto. But without a single person from Adelaide complaining about yeah, it, yeah, yeah. And, so... and where it where where it injured me was that it was this type of goal. Sammy literally saw the open net and passed it into the net like the cheeky game that he had played the entire game. Yep. And he deserved that moment, mate. He deserved that celebration. Um, and we deserved it as well. So it sort of injured me that that um, such a fantastic spectacle had been ruined because of such a ridiculous suggestion that, uh, uh, yeah, couldn't make sense of it at the game, couldn't make sense of it on the screen, couldn't make sense of it in the replays. No one's making sense of that. Fuck VAR. It went well in the next game too, didn't it? That cheered oh, us up yeah. a little bit, we'll, actually. We'll talk, we'll talk about that, I think, <laughs> later. But, um, you know what? All in all, um, you know, 4-0, we'll take it. Would have been nice to uh, put the foot on the throat a little bit more and uh, and extend, you know, the lead atop the goal-scoring charts. But um, <laughs> who's going to complain after, after a 4-0 win and, and three points at home? What about that little thing we touched on there about um, the post garang era, Luke? Hmm. Yeah, How well, we does does it really exist? I mean, I there was there's was, there's was a lot of people very concerned. Maybe, maybe not really our own fans. Maybe you know, maybe fans of other teams sort of starting to think, well, what are they going to do uh, after Garang leaves? But I, I think I think we've got you know essentially a ready made replacement in Silvera on his day. Is he a Garang? No, but 
Um, what he showed on the weekend is that, you know, when he's on, he's very much on. And there'll be there'll be competition there for places when Maresh is back and running. Um, yeah, it, it's, you know, Garang's not here anymore where it's obviously going to be be a miss um, in certain moments when we think he'll when we think that he could have been very handy um, and but what we've got is different but it will still work and we saw that on the weekend and it's so versatile like we have attacking threats that are of different styles we've got the two Brazilian boys when Maresh returns um, the Cumdingo obviously a completely different style Sammy was killing Adelaide by running straight at him in this game um, and so was Tulio really, um, add Benny into that mix. And, you know, out of that group, th- that's a, f- a couple of the very top um, uh, attackers in the league, surely. It's it's this, it's this, it's a very um, international international mixture of sort of uh, attacking threats. We've got the old South American flair and we've got the uh, French in Benny. We oui, oui. the the Scottish Australian, well. yeah, the uh, Scottish Australian with the uh, come dingo, and then the Australian just <laughs> run fast, and, run fast, and kick the shit out of him in ruse. Now, um, yeah, battering ram of ruse, and don't forget the local yeah, the local boy, local boy done good, Sash Kazevsky as well, who again came on uh, for about half an hour oh, in this yeah. one, and uh, and did did well. Yeah, that was the good thing in this game too with Monty. You know, he it was did actually give us an opportunity to give Niz a bit of a rest, give Sash some good minutes, you know, his bring on Windus position. and Windus some minutes. And I think Windus probably got about 10 or so minutes. And, you know, the game was obviously already done, but he was good. Um, so it, it worked, worked, worked as a good opportunity to get some rotations in and uh, have, get some of the boys some rest. And then also have, um, you know, sort of some of those, you know, some of the boys that haven't, haven't been able to get as many minutes, um, you know, to sort of get them on the park. Going back to that depth piece as well, uh, someone that we haven't mentioned, Pauli Aongo, um, who we haven't uh, we haven't cited for, for a little bit of time there. He's been quite unwell. Um, and, uh, I was going to say, what's, of... what's, what's the intel on that? Because last I heard he was injured. Yeah, so, he, so he had a hamstring injury, um, but uh, no, he's actually been really sick. Um, so right. he's, um, yeah, dropped, uh, dropped a few kilos as well. Um, so he, um, uh, will hopefully be back over the, over the next few weeks. He's got to obviously come back from, uh, from this bug. It's a pretty severe one apparently. Um, but, uh, we will see him back. Apparently he was, he was training the house down, um, before he got injured and then, um, came back and was looking good and then got unwell. So, um, we'll see, uh, we'll see him again soon, hopefully. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. You boys come up with a good question. It is, of course, that time of the week where we answer your questions. And as always, thank you all so much for all your submissions across all the social media channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the ccmfans.net forum. Uh, we'll kick things off over on Facebook with Dave Bloom. Uh, Dave this week asks, we are recasting Back to the Future with you guys on the pod. Who plays who in the upcoming blockbuster? I I saw this earlier. I nearly cried with laughter. Um, Morrow, you're obviously Doc Brown. Oh, come on. That's ageist. <laughs> I knew that was coming. 
<laughs> just accept it. Just accept Blimey, it. Blimey, that's your fault. Hey, Blimey, wait till I see you on Thursday night. That's it. <laughs> I'm in the game, mate. Kicked us on fives. I mean, it was just, it was, it was right there. It was too easy. Um, I don't know who who plays who else. Um, it's been a red hot minute since I've seen Back to the Future. What a film, too. Well. There's yeah, obviously Michael J. Fox, and there's um, Biff Tannen, uh, um, the so bully Biff. I've, Tannen. I've, I've yeah. seen, I've seen, I've seen Boise's left hook, so he might have to be Biff. I was going to say, <laughs> I think it might. Be. Yeah, big bully. Yeah. <laughs> we got a sports it. almanac at home, boys. Yeah. <laughs> so it's down to um, it's down to Michael J. Fox between Pete and Josh. Oh, I'm, I'm not a main character. <laughs> I'm way too introverted to be a main character as well, so um, we might have to uh, we might have to recast it. Um, good question, the though, dog, yeah. uh, yeah. and the other one would be the girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> um, good question though, Dave. Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, one of your best. Scotty McGee on Facebook uh, must admit I was very skeptic leading into the Adelaide game. I also personally, Scotty, had a uh, bit of a bad feeling about this. But as you say here, the boys were ruthless. Do you think the amazing at-home momentum is enough to bag a few points on the road as well? Um, also, is Caltech one of the most feared centre-backs in the league? The guy is a fucking monster. I agree with the monster assessment. <laughs> man is an absolute man-mountain and is a unit. Um, and coming up with some very important, you know, interceptions and blocks and all sorts of stuff. Um, uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll see more and more how he plays with the ball at his uh, feet, and, you know, sort of playing out from the back, which I think we've seen a bit of. But I think that's probably one part of his game where I'd like to see that more and more. Um, see, see, sort of, basically see how he goes under pressure, essentially. Um, yeah, I don't know, home, home form. Yeah. I mean, the Melbourne curse is still a Melbourne curse. So I, I, I will, even though the grand final won't be in Melbourne, but let's not even go into that. But, <laughs> um, the, the Melbourne curse is a bit of a thing for me. It's, it's like, a, unless we can break the Melbourne curse, we're probably not going to win anything. It's about it's 27 great. games now, I think, <laughs> yeah. without a win in Victoria, which is yeah. saddening. But we have to work out a way to sometime. win Melbourne. Yeah. No time like the present then, is there? Victory in March. That's the game. Yes. We've got to do it. I would say yes, 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 and yes to all of those questions because, yeah, Caltech is really doing it. We can take some of our form other places, but like Luke said, Melbourne is hard. But, yes, a lot of yeses on those answers, Scotty. We're going to have to take uh, that momentum on the road as well. Of course, we travel down to uh, to Campbelltown this week. Yay. Um, and then over to Wellington the following week. We're back home for a week and then we're away again. So um, we've only got like two home games in the next six or seven or so, I think, off the top of my head. So, yeah, it's, um, as you say, no time like the present to uh, to really kick things off on the road. Lee Henry, is the club actively looking to bring someone in – during the January transfer window to replace Garang, I don't think uh, we will. No, yeah, we, do my, we need to? My, um, uh, yeah, the inside word essentially is 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 no. Yeah, I don't think we will. I, I think we've what we've got at the moment is working. I think, yeah, it's a tough one. It's if when you look across the park, it's it's almost like a where do we actually need reinforcements yeah i don't like think we're, we do. we're we're pretty well covered 
midfield. We're pretty well covered at the back. We're pretty well covered up the front. Yeah, I, I, I don't really see a point in us, like unless it's a very good signing, very experienced and for the right amount of money that's going to improve what we're currently doing. I don't think there's any reason for us to go out and splurge when we don't have to. Yeah, I think um, the the Niz and Steely combo is looking good in the centre of the park. There, I know there were a few questions, um, you know, a few weeks ago saying we need to we need to strengthen in the centre of the park. But I think we got enough depth there um, between Nizzy Steely, Maxi Ballard, and um, Maxim Kasalovic as well um, from the academy. Lockie Bayless is another option there as well. So um, I think fill-ins got... like Nectar and Dan, yeah, Nectar and Dan and Hall if as we well. Need them, yeah. So I don't. I'm not for me. I reckon we've planned not to want anybody because we've still got the Maresh thing happening there on the side with the injury thing. And that, yeah, we're no, no one's replacing Garang. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> but, can't replace him. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's Garang. But uh, we can, we've got these other excellent players and they're starting to really show what they can do. So if we're adding Maresh to that, then I feel like it's plenty. Also, we've got Ayongo uh, in the kick. Mm. So plenty. Mm hmm. William Brown, with Caltech signing a new contract, have we reached the limit for overseas players? Do we need to let one go? Um, short answer, yes. Um, that will leave us with Maresh returning. If we want to register Maresh in this registration window, um, then yes, we will need to release a visa player or sell a visa player uh, for that to occur. Hmm. Interesting one because, you know, reading body language and stuff as we all like to, then Kalechi does not look like a dissatisfied man, but he is in my gun sight. Not that he cares about my gun yeah. sight, but. <laughs> that seems the obvious like, thing, doesn't it? Kalechi yeah. being on the out, I guess, the old man out. I think it's unfortunate because I think I think there's, from, from what we saw briefly, there's a decent footballer there. From what I saw in preseason, it's just worked out that. You know, sort of like, like we're just saying, we're probably well covered in the position that he sort of plays. Um, and speaking of a gun, if he held a gun to my head and said, "said who would I would who would I rather keep?" I would probably say Ayongo over Kalechi, unfortunately. And wouldn't surprise me if we see him at another A League club, to be honest. Yeah, I think uh, it's a shame we we haven't really had too much of an opportunity to see. His his potential um, haven't really given him too much of an opportunity to to maybe settle, but the fact that um, he has recovered from injury and he's not um, being listed in in match day squads at all probably um, tells you tells you what you need to know there. Um, you know he's a visa player at the end of the day and he's on quite good money. You can't afford to have visa players on good money not making match day squads. Yeah, I was just wondering because uh, uh, body body language reader. Family photos. <laughs> Read your body language, Luke. Um, Detective Morrow. But, um, <laughs> Detective Morrow, exactly. <laughs> Kalechi was looking pretty happy about it all in the post-match. So uh, obviously Sherlock Morrow him properly. <laughs> Sherlock was. That's good. There's another you. word for it. I think it's more like it's more like stalker. Morrow, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 Morrow Rudan. <laughs> Yeah, I, th I think you all know that my stalking. It's legendary. <laughs> Stalk uh, the likes of Paolo, Mike Charlesworth. 
<laughs> oh, shout out to Paolo. So, uh, yeah. Good day, yeah. Paolo. <laughs> he might, uh, might, might see him back in the A-League sooner rather than later. Uh, let's see how that plays out. That'll be interesting. Um, we want to see him back at Plume sooner rather than later, don't we? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it could be yeah, 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 it could be Mark Oney. Very good. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, Brian Eggy, Glasgow. Two words. How good? Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, Pretty good. Steve Gibbs wants to know, are Melbourne Victory fans writing the Coast Football Ramble status updates now? Uh, it was a bit of pig Latin on the uh, on the Facebook there today. I knew it was a bit of a – it could have gone either way, outsourcing our um, social media work um, to the guys down there in Melbourne who have obviously got a lot of spare time on their hands now uh, with uh, them not being able to attend A-League games. So um, thanks to OSM, but we probably won't have them writing our status updates anymore. Harry Steele's actually in charge of our social stuff. <laughs> Harry Steele and, and Sash, who, of course, gave us a bit of a demo of uh, of his Pig Latin. Uh, a few of the boys communicating in that. Um, yeah, yeah, secret code, apparently. <laughs> um, Steve Gibbs also asks, how many people actually like the movie poster ads the club puts out for each match? Less said, the better. It's an interesting question, that one, isn't it? Yeah. My wife likes them because she's a movie I'm kind person. of... I'm kind of indifferent to them, but if people like them, then that's that's fine. Like I don't. There's don't some. There's way, really. some that have been really, really, really well done. Um, there's some that have yeah, yeah. been a long way wide of the mark for me. Um, but when they're relevant um, and and well executed, then fantastic. It's uh, yes. yeah, mate, we're just, over quantity. Yeah. Are we just are we just spoiled? Because remember those um, you know ones that um, Dave. <laughs> Oh, Deej was Deej was the best, and and Robbie Chafranek as well. Hope, shout out to you guys. I hope you're doing yeah, well. Yeah, I um, hope you're listening. Dave, yeah. hear that shout out. <laughs> Love those. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantastic. Look, like I said, when they hit, they hit hard and hit well. Um, I do miss the uh, the the, the post game videos that we used to do that Dave and, and Robbie used to put out there as well. They were they were great for a laugh on Twitter. Yeah, they uh, were back down over the as went the soundtrack. Back down. Yeah, were, yeah, 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 very good. Yeah. Yeah, mm. Uh Emma Fitzgerald, g'day Emma, hope you're doing well. Uh, this is one for the ground announcer. I think you guys might be able to ask him, why does he say your Central Coast Mariners and not our Central Coast Mariners when announcing the team? After the way that he announces the two starting lineups, he can't claim to be impartial. He's clearly a Mariners fan. I had a chat with him earlier today um, and he mentioned uh, that he has no idea what he's doing actually he's completely clueless um and uh just reads whatever is in front of him on the script um first time first time i started doing it um it just happened and it just caught on and it was a thing so um it just feels more natural i think if i was saying our central coast mariners i don't know i don't know about you guys it feels weird to me though i like your i think a lot of teams these are american a lot of american teams do your do they? when okay. there's the home team playing so yeah i think it's I think it's fine. I think I I think the best thing about Pete's ground announcing is obviously the announcements of away team substitutions and away team lineups because it gets to them very quickly, which is good. And you can barely hear who they're playing, who they're playing, it's so it doesn't matter. All about efficiency. All about efficiency. Yep. It's superb. <laughs> um Jeremy Lumbie over on Facebook. Uh, so it's the January transfer window. Who is making or who is leaving to make way for Caltech to stay? Uh, also on Caltech, please discuss how he has transformed from the stick fence into the wall. Uh, Jeremy uh, also giving us a, a nice serving of humble pie, and I think he might have had some himself there as well. Mm. 
do I think I think we probably covered who's leaving. Um, but yeah, Caltech, yeah, probably most improved or, or most most uh, you know the signing that nobody thought would work that worked is that like an award that we can put out there um, <laughs> across the league I mean first professional contract at 29 um, and after 10 games is probably looking like one of the best in the league so I know Monty that and- probably sums up our club mm. outsiders yeah. probably think that's who we are probably should have never been allowed how dare we be actually competitive and uh, Caltech is representing that beautifully actually of course, signing a contract extension earlier today or uh, with that being announced until the end of uh, the 2025 season. Um, I know Monty and Serge have massive, massive wraps on him. And, um, you know, in, in Monty and Serge, we trust, of course, they did actually say, you know, they wish that they had have got their hands on him 10 years earlier. Imagine what a beast he would have been. The way he yep. goes about his business, he is inspiring the players around him to put in that much effort, to, to put their body on the line in that way. He's a player you want in your team, even if it's not his own contribution that is always the element. He's, the players around him are lifted by it, surely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look at that header off the line against uh, against Newcastle, um, casting your minds all the way back to that one in the in the 3-0 win. That would have given everyone a huge boost. Mo- it's moments like that that, um, yeah, that, Go as far. I'll go as far as to say moments like that that win your games. Exactly, and him concussion. Mickle <laughs> <laughs> Tadze nightmares. Oh God, yes. Um, Seton Wilson wants to know: Is VAR getting too involved in games? One word responses, please, fellas. Yes. 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 <laughs> uh, to expand on that, do you think that the way that assistant referees are holding off on offside calls and letting play continue, um, are managers and worry, uh, managers and players worried, I should say, that this will get someone hurt or are they losing the skill set or confidence to make these decisions due to VAR? I really hate that. I think if it's an obvious offside, you should flag it and get, 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 get on with it. If it's more close-knit or it's close, Maybe let it run, but I think obvious offsides, you've got to pull it up, surely. Mm. Yeah, I think I think they need to back themselves though, don't they? Make the call. If if they mm. think it's off, then make the call. Don't 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 just rely on the technology because it's there or you know I'm happy for them to leave their flag down if it's relatively close and it's gonna to lead to a goal scoring opportunity or something, that's fine. But um yeah, I, I feel like one day we are going to see that somebody's offside and they're going to get injured and uh, it's not going to go down well. And we're letting it go too long. Like sometimes we have yeah, that we opportunity and, and we can pull it up at that point if we thought it was offside, but we still aren't. It's it's There's a delay there. So there's a delay there. That's, that's like a catchphrase for the VAR, isn't it? Because <laughs> <laughs> there were some massive delays in our game, mm. in every game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't ever mentioned that debacle in Sydney. Oh, um, oh, oh, oh. well, yeah. I mean, let's. Uh, VAR has proved how fucking useless it is in that debacle in Sydney. Anyway, I mean, the fact that they haven't overruled the penalty, the first penalty that was given um, for um, for the alleged handball, and you know, it's it's hit his back where his shoulder meets his back. Like it's fucking clear and obvious error, uh, and. Uh, Sean Evans at it again. But yeah, I don't want to get too far into that. I'll get quite worked up. Why not, 
<laughs> one up. of my biggest gripes, one of my biggest gripes is that it nearly caused us to fire off all our blanks in the cannon. And it sometimes causes <laughs> us to to um shoot early. Thank you for reminding me. Uh yeah, of course we had the uh the big goal, uh the goal announcement and everything like that. Fired the cannon. Um after the uh after the fifth goal there was um reviewed and pulled back. And um then we got a, a radio call up from the cannon operator. It's a second time this has happened in recent memory, actually. Um saying, um, guys, uh if we do score again, we could be in a little bit of trouble because I've uh, I've just got the one the one shot left. So uh, we're trying to figure out alternatives, whether, you know, I just go down and, and sit on the cannon and blow smoke out of it or something like that, or um, whether we uh, whether we grab someone out of Bay 16 and fire them out of the cannon, I don't know. So all options are being explored if that ever happens in future. I saw Luke's commentary and I was like, um, I, I said to the people, <laughs> I said to the people in my stand, I want, I want Pete to go bang. Yeah, well, that was the other one. <laughs> yeah, that was the other one. Just get Pete to yell bang really loud. <laughs> <laughs> These are the important matters around the Mariners. Just oh just, yeah, yep. <laughs> Some would yeah. Say <laughs> it's a it's a nice problem to have. It's a nice problem to have. Um, Dan Simpson. Uh, this is obviously a sponsored comment. Who is the most attractive member of the podcast, and why is it Pete Pryor? Uh, thanks, Dan. I will transfer that cash across to you right now. That, uh, <laughs> that's my wow reaction on that um, comment too. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but if um, I look like the professor, possibly I'm wrong. It's clear. It's clearly Boise. Um, Cameron <laughs> Murray, who is the most underrated or under the radar player in the squad? Um, Ryan Bryce has responded to, to this saying, my guess would be Harry Steele. And uh, that would be my, uh, my comment on that one there also. Yeah. I'll go Steele for now. Yep. Yeah. It's hard to think of somebody, you know, he hasn't been highly rated, but geez, he's been good. Another one there that I'd touch on would be Storm Roo. Um, and this is this is something we, we spoke about last week uh, off air, of course, um, Boise. Um, we're talking to a good friend of the show there in, in James Walker. Of course, shout out to James because I know you're definitely not listening. Um, <laughs> Storm, Storm Roo has been that, that Mr. Consistent, that sort of six or seven or out of ten player every single week since he's come back or, the, or this season rather. And that's, you know, every club needs that Play. You know, you look at your James Milner uh, at Liverpool, Michael Carrick back at Man United, um, exactly the same, that, that Mr. Dependable, Mr. Reliable, Mr. Consistent. And that's what Storm's brought this year. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Been very, very good. Very nice and surprised. Hmm. Johnny Needham. Uh, shout out to Johnny. Feels like a little, uh, feels like a red hot minute since we've heard from Johnny, actually. Hope you're doing well, bud. Um, First things first, can we get a shout out for Tristan's dad joke on the commentary on Paramount? If anyone watched it, uh, Tristan said, I'm here with Benny Ancololo who will be looking for some Angolos. Uh, it's top tier shit humor. Absolutely. Um, just on that, Tristan is, is absolutely my favorite presenter. Um, apologies, Glenn Lauder. Um, but, uh, Tristan is brilliant. Breath of fresh air in the, uh, in the Paramount, uh, on the, on the sidelines there for Paramount. His enthusiasm is definitely contagious. I like mm. it. It's like uh, Roy O'Donovan on steroids. <laughs> Except a lot funnier. And likeable. And likeable. <laughs> I endorse that dad joke. A hundred percent. I am so here for it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, Johnny goes on to say, maybe I'm off my rocky here, but Silvera's performance on the weekend gave me a vibe of Nisbet mixed with Qual. He was always making quick runs towards goal with intent and confidence like Garang would. 
but there seems to be a much more mature, level-headed playmaker thing going on, akin to the way that Nisbet plays. And of course, he's looking at much stronger and well-built, which showed him retaining the ball a lot more and winning a lot of his duels. Have we underestimated his growth as a player and how vital his role could be now that he's potentially going to get much more game time, or did he just have a great game as a once-off? I think that's always been there with him. I think if you go back, um, it'll be there in the archives uh, of the Yellow Army page. We did a live, uh, it was how Pete and myself uh, from Brisbane on the second level of that bar. The uh, pub that we crashed the night before for the um, Channel 7 yeah. Christmas party. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's another story. Um, we did a live there. That was that was maybe when was that? Year, year before COVID, maybe when when Silvera is here, year or two before, and it was basically was the, yeah. We got a question about Silvera, and it was essentially the three of us saying he's got plenty of uh, potential. Um, it's sort of maybe taken a little bit longer, and he's gone in a bit of a roundabout sort of way. But I think what we saw on the weekend was maybe that potential being sort of realised. He just needs the consistency now, and I think. There's definitely that that look there of that mature, much more level-headed football than what we saw when he first sort of burst onto the scene with us. And I think that's that's what that, that was one of Monty's sort of little criticisms that I saw of um, Kowal is that when you're in that position out wide, you have to go forward, but you also have to get back. And I think that that's what we've seen from Sammy as well is that you have to do your defensive duties when you're in that sort of position. And I think that's what was that's what we saw on the weekend too. He was very good going forward and did what he had to do as well um, defensively. But, yeah, I, I think there's a very good footballer there. Just needs the consistency. Is there a possibility that the slight shadow of Qual's, uh, Grang's presence has kept Sammy a little bit in the wings? And, in fact, what we might see from here is um, that he can really take off now because he's been kind of, in a way, he's being seen as that player who could – He's not going to replace Grang, but as the player that we look to to um, get control, like he did in this game against Adelaide by running at defenders, um, is that about to come out of of Sam? I think Sammy. I think that's the the big thing for him is what you said, uh, Boise, which is that he's not been able to be consistent. But in there as a fantastic player, if that came out every week, we'd be loving him and we'd never want him to go. There's never a better opportunity than when your team's going well. And yeah. he's in that team and he has that opportunity to take um, some of that limelight and he was taking it in the Adelaide game. So let's see how yeah. he goes against the sheep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Fijian Footballers Overseas, a Facebook page there, uh, asks, with the success of Brian Caltac, would you guys be happy for Monty to scout more players around the Pacific Islands? Um, some names that have been thrown up here, Cyrusi Nalabu, uh, the 26-year-old striker from Fiji. Um, there's also Tommy Semi, who's 28 and a winger from Papua New Guinea. He's currently playing in the MPL in Victoria. And Raphael Laai, uh, 19 years old striker uh, from the Solomon Islands playing in their top tier over there, 19 years old and has scored close to 100 in the Solomons already. Um, personally, uh, look, more than happy for him to, to scout players and things like that. I think the reason that we don't see so many of these, um, these players from the Pacific Islands is anytime you sign a visa player, it's a risk. So most clubs around the league, and I do say most clubs, 
aren't willing to take that chance and uh, and use that visa spot on someone who's potentially, I guess, relatively unproven. Unless you're us, apparently. Unless you're us, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I mean, unless I, you're good enough. I, unless I, you're I good enough at scouting. Yeah, I mean, I can't yeah. think of a time where we've taken a, a and. You know, let's let's face it. It was taking a chance signing a, an unproven or signing a twenty-eight-year-old centre back um, on a visa contract that had no professional experience prior to that. That's a that's a huge that's a huge chance. And it's yeah. paid dividends. Yeah, more than happy, more than happy for us to us to look in that sort of region. You know, to like I, I think even you know regions like regions like Southeast Asia as well. I think there's there has to be some good uh, creative. <laughs> gems sort of hidden around in there but the reality is if you're going to sign a visa it has to be better than what you've got currently mm. that's that's the way i would look at it um you know we've seen time and time again and we've already seen it again this season that there's some visas that are just simply not not worth it not worth it for the money and you know someone like brian initially would have probably probably um been relatively cheap to start with but it's still a gamble and who knows what his new deal is worth, but I would say uh, he'll be maybe going out for dinner tonight to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think so. Yeah, apparently there were quite a few clubs after him. Um, so, uh, and deservedly so, that league. dinner. Yeah. Like he's earned, he's earned that right to that attraction um, from the other clubs. So fair play to him. I, I reckon that I'm happy for Monty to scout um, from Antarctica if he thinks he can find a good um, player there because the trust level now, like Monty's hit and miss, but hit and miss ratio is rather good. So, yeah, I'm happy for him to scout there. Is there an opportunity for the competition, which is poorly organised, uh, obviously, um, to work out how to integrate a bit of um, flexibility within the Nationals and uh, Oceania? I reckon that would be a smart move to attract more interest there. Um, and get more players' experience because there's obviously some that can uh, cut the mustard because Brian is. Cameron Oxley and uh, Jax Michael on Facebook uh, both asking about uh, Nick Montgomery. Uh, Cameron sent us an article from FTBL saying that Monty's on Sydney's radar. Uh, funnily enough, that article has absolutely zero quotes uh, from anyone whatsoever. I don't doubt Sydney are interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's just uh, I mean, the, the article's absolutely yeah. just stirring shit. Monty's next moves yeah. overseas. Yeah, yeah I mean, Sydney would be interested in anything that moves at the moment, given <laughs> their current situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and just for future reference, FTBL is an absolute trash website, and whatever organisation it is a part of at the moment, it used to be good. Now it it's absolutely horrible. Yeah, I used it's to love it. Absolutely horrible and not reliable it's just f- full of clickbait rubbish i wouldn't even go near it um but yeah it's got no foundation but it's absolutely it's no surprise that if somebody would be interested in him but yeah i i, I think as happy as monty is here um you know he's been here what over 10 years now um is he he's an australian citizen now isn't he yeah, yeah. um his next move is overseas 100 percent yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, I think it's probably not too long till uh, till overseas comes calling as well if he keeps going the way that he's going. If we finish top two this season, uh, I'd be I'd be concerned. Uh, well, not I mean, not concerned. It'd be fucking fantastic. Um, but I'd be concerned about losing him. 
Yeah, and I think, but that will be like you, it won't be fantastic, but it'll be something that we enjoy, whether we like it uh, on the surface of it or not, because it'll be watching one of our favourite sons making a success of himself, the same as we've watched countless virtually now others. Mm. Garang is the latest, and, and Monty will be that person one day. Um, but it's not like he has actually won anything yet. He's shown great promise to do that. Um, and I, But I do think it was wise for Richard um, was then quoted a bit in the media um, talking about the idea that one day we will have to put up with Monty being gone because I think that is a legitimate concern that eventually will happen. But it seems to me that um, he only needs to get a bit of success in the Blades. His natural home will be interested in him. Yeah, yeah, I think, and that's you know, that, that I don't want to over romanticise the narrative too much there, but I'd, I'd love to see that happen. I'd love to see him end up back at Sheffield, um, and um, you know, there's already succession planning in place, so you know we are you know, fully aware that we are going to lose him one day, as as you say there, Moz, and as Rich said in the press, um, just hope that we can have him for another season or two. And I think I think important to point out that if we lose him, we will also lose uh, Sergio because yeah. they. They're basically joined at the hip when They're it comes a to a deal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, which is fine, right? But it's it's not only we not only will we lose a very good assistant coach. That there goes a lot of our scouting network at the moment. A lot of our signings, like a lot of our visa signings, have um, mostly come through his, you know, sort of um, connections in Europe as well. So that's that's a huge loss, and I would, you know, so that's obviously very good for them, but. Or from a very selfish point of view, it's not very good for us. And I would, I would say to everyone, read between the lines of who's involved in the current setup, and there's our next coach. <laughs> Simples, um, isn't it? Isn't it going to be a positive? You know, making a positive out of it. If Monty and Serge, let's say they went to Sheffield United, then highly likely to uh, re-establish a good relationship that our clubs had with that club over the years and could have again. And I don't think that we. You're right. We'll lose a, the on the ground stuff, Luke, but we won't lose the ability to include those pair as part of our scouting network they will still be, you know, the kind of people that will consult with us. And uh, uh, that's why we look after them and let them take their opportunity if they get it. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Over to Twitter with Gerald Larkin. Any news on the MPL squad with the competition kicking off in just over three weeks? Of course, that all starts in the first weekend of February. Uh, yes, over on the um, Football New South Wales men's NPL site, they have done a bit of a season preview for every side in the NPL this year. Um, so the uh, the current 2023 squad is listed there, or for the most part anyway. There are still another couple of signings to come through. Um, there has been one update, unfortunately, Unfortunately, with Jacob Kresnar moving on uh, for pastures new and uh, kept a pretty strong core of the squad. James Bayless is back. Zach Zoracic is back. Josh Hong is back. So is Dean Larson, Jordan Segreto as well. Uh, Benny Duncan, Lockie Bayless, who was huge last season. Maxim Kisalovic, um, Pat Beach has recovered from his knee injury. And we've brought the two DePizio brothers in from the Wanderers. Um, Miguel DePizio, of course, has huge wraps on him. Nico Duarte returns. Aiden Hammond has returned from his fractured ankle there as well. So a few of the names that uh, will be pretty familiar um, going around Plume Park once again this season. And we'll try to talk to their coach before they start the season, won't we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll try and get him on. It does kick off, as I said, first weekend of February. It's going to be a blockbuster as well, the Battle of the Academies uh, playing host to the Wanderers. Uh, so <laughs> Christo returns to Plume Park uh, on uh, on the opposition bench there. And um, yeah, it's going to be a 
very, very interesting way to kick off the season. We absolutely dominated them in a, in a trial match earlier um, in pre-season. So long may it continue. Last one was a bit of a ding-dong affair at Plume too. So yeah, let's have another. Um, Paul Hunt wants to know, should we cash in on a visa forward during this window while the price is high and the depth is good? Interesting question. Um, I'd rather not. I'm, I'm assuming he's referring to selling be- the potential of selling Benny. That is still a potential, I guess so, isn't it? You know, I, I think Benny's hit, you know, some decent form again. Uh, and Monty did say that there was interest there relatively recently or at the back end of last season. So it wouldn't surprise me if um, potentially something does come of that. But I would hope that we would hold on until the end of the season at least for him. I agree, me too. We really want Benny to stay, but you're right. He has uh, started to show a bit of form recently, hasn't he? And and uh, he would be attractive. Um, so wouldn't be a shocking development, would it? But no, we'll it's a no for me. Mm, I think we'll hold on to him. I don't think he's going anywhere uh, just yet. Maybe maybe at the end of the season, if his form continues on that uh, that upward trajectory. Uh, Dylan Andreich uh, on Twitter uh, just talking about the visa situation there, I think we've uh, we've had a pretty good uh, pretty good crack at that from our perspective. Dane Owen Wilson is back on Instagram. Wants to know: Are we making the top three? And he's also sad that Aaron didn't say "I love you" back in the last episode. Can this be changed? Thanks. Uh, of course, Dane <laughs> did say that he loved you, and you were a little bit creeped out by it last episode. There, Aaron, can you please rectify that? <laughs> love you. Sorry. His name was? Uh, Dane. Dane Wilson. Dane. Dane. Love you, Dane. Oh, sorry. Um, uh, no, my apologies. It's Dylan. Dylan. Love you, Dylan. There you go. <laughs> yeah. We love, we love Dane, Dane and Dylan. Yeah. I, I, love, I love you all, mate. <laughs> love you all. <laughs> love you all. Um, fellas, are we making top three, yes or no? Yes. 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 Beautiful. Harb Tico wants us to bring Faz on the show. We have um, season six, episode nine off the top of my head. Uh, oh, so nice. go back and check that one out if you uh, uh, if you like. I'd be more than happy to have him on again. He's a fantastic young chap. Um, and um, keep your eyes peeled for, for some special guests coming up soon too. We've spoken to a few players who are pretty keen to come on. So very, very good. Um, over to ccmfans.net forum. Forum Phoenix uh, wants us to talk about City. I hate this club. If it was a ship, I'd call it the soulless. On track for three in a row in terms of premierships now. Uh, can't think of anything more boring. There's some great players there who deserve respect, but I genuinely struggle to see how how this cashed up corporation FC is good for the league. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I, I think you agree with everything you said. <laughs> CFG suck and they are a soulless shitty entity and i wish they were not involved in australian football modern and, modern football all rolled up in one class. Yeah, sports washing they, sports washing yeah and then also it's not given, really washing given their, position, given their position uh i can't remember the chairman's name on the apl board and all that sort of shit the amount of influence that they have across the entire league mm. is just bullshit yep 100 percent um Sid Mariner wants to know, do the sanctions against victory go far enough? If not, what should be the punishment? Uh, I had a big chat <laughs> apparently this earlier today where I've spoken to a few people. Um, no, they don't go far enough. I mean, obviously that 500k fine is going to hurt them and they're already financially completely fucked. Uh, but what the fuck do you have to do to get a points deduction in this league? You can run on the pitch, you can assault a goalkeeper and smack him over the head with a bucket and you still don't get a points deduction. It just boggles the mind, man. Had to be some kind of a points deduction, surely. Some points deduction instantly and then more suspended 
I would have been happy with that, especially considering they were only formed a year ago for the uh, for the homophobic stuff against Josh Cavallo. Um, it's been a year. More fan behaviour is the issue and still not taking any points. Like you said, what do you have to do? Yeah, I agree. We, we have to be hard on these things because it's, it's just downright embarrassing. Like, simple as that. It just makes fools of the rest of us who are clean A-League fans and just want to enjoy our football and if we don't punish these things properly, and, and it is what you said, Boise, it's not so much the, this incident, it's this is a series of incidents. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, the Cavallo incident less than 12 months ago, the W League dramas, it's an absolute mess. And just on that point, uh, we have just about run out of time as I do have to duck into a meeting with the APL now, which I'm very much looking forward to. I can't wait. Um, but um, before Hashtag I jump sarcasm. out of here, Godspeed. fellas, of course, Freaky Friday, Friday the 13th this weekend, we travel down to Campbelltown. Uh, there are many places that I'd rather be, uh, but we will, of course, be celebrating a Mariners win, I'm sure. Lads, score predictions for this one, please. Two in your last, surely. MacArthur, a very hit and miss, and uh, I think we're just too good at the moment. 3-1 us. Two in your last, they mostly miss. We're mostly hit. I... Uh... Had uh, had had a uh, quick uh, coffee and catch up with uh, one of the Mariners players today, and uh, gave my prediction already of of three nil uh, with this particular player to uh, grab a brace for himself. So uh, let's uh, let's see how that plays out. Uh, but uh, until then, well, let's hope uh, let's hope we get a few of us travelling down there to silence their fucking irritating cowbells. There's nothing that annoys me more in this league. Um, Is there than... anything to silence in fairness? Yeah, <laughs> couple of cowbells. <laughs> Oh, mate, honestly. Um, but, yeah, until then, until the next time we see you, um, we love you all very dearly. It's um, love you. See ya. Bye. Only, only VAR could put a dampener on a goal, a fifth goal in a game to put you 5 0 up. Because after it was just loud, I'm thinking, like, it's put a dampener on the game and we're still 4 0 up. Like, only VAR could do that.